this is Madeline, and you're listening to a special edition episode of the Communities That Convert podcast, episode number 116. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. Cami is out this week, so I thought I would put together an episode where we feature some of the best tips on community building from guests in past episodes. So rather than having you wade through a bunch of audio, I went in and rounded up the best parts from from some of my favorite interviews. It features Tyler J. McCall, Alyssa Kamahort-Page, Jen Cole, and Bella Vasta. We'll have links in the show notes if you'd like to go back and listen to them in its entirety or just read the episode summary. So first up, let's hear Tyler J. McCall talk about the best ways to engage with your community on Instagram. This is from episode 68. You said something about email generation on Instagram. And I think that that's probably something most people don't think about indeed, because you really can't link out to anything. I mean, what we're used to is sending people somewhere. And I know you have enough followers that you could do your little swipe up, but most people don't. So, um, and I don't know how many people actually use the swipe up. Anyway, so could you kind of elaborate just a tiny bit on that email part? Yeah, totally. So what I'm seeing results with and my students as well is we're not really using the swipe up a lot. The swipe up to me is just kind of like lazy marketing because you're like, hey, if you want that thing, go get it on your own. I'm not going to take any responsibility for it, but you can. So I hate that about the swipe up. So I'll actually test them to swipe up versus a DM me to get this thing. And when I'm saying DM me to get this thing, the results are you know, tenfold the results I get on a swipe up. So this just looks like talking about your opt-in, your freebie, your webinar, your guide, whatever it may be on Instagram, and then making a very clear call to action of saying, if you want this, send me a direct message or using that fun new like question and answer box that you can use, putting that up there and say, just enter your email address here or say me or something like that. And I'll send you a direct message. You can go directly to the landing page. There's lots of ways you can do this. And whatever your kind of your risk tolerances when it comes to GDPR things. I know everyone's kind of at different levels of fear of the European Union. I'm at a pretty <laughs> low level of fear, so I don't worry that much about it. I'm not Facebook or Google, okay? I assume I'm going to be okay. Yeah, so also none of this is legal advice. Please don't sue us. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's the way that I'm doing it. I'm seeing a ton, like just really great results with. Another thing you can do, kind of another little uh, pro tip that I typically give to my students is, uh, use the poll option, especially the two option poll to ask people if they have downloaded your opt-in yet, or if they are on your mailing list yet, or if they've seen your masterclass, whatever. Yes. Give them that yes or no. And everyone who answers no, send them a direct message. And it's so easy to do now in Instagram, because when you look at the poll results now, there's a little paper airplane icon next to every single person. 
you can tap there and send them a message directly from the poll. So these things, they take a little bit more work. They're a little bit more effort than just, uh, you know, sending people off to a landing page. But the results are so much more valuable because there is that higher touch experience for your followers. That is awesome. I have seen you repeatedly to, on Instagram saying, you know, DM me, DM me. And I, I think that is so great that you embrace that because when I see you doing that, it makes me think I should do that too. It's a great idea. So you really inspire me and others to follow along in, in your footsteps and do that. So I think I agree with you. I think DM is really powerful on Instagram. Yeah. And so that is a great way to engage with your community on Instagram. What are some other ways that we can engage with our community using Instagram? Yeah, definitely. So getting them to the DM is really a top priority for me and for my students now. So I recommend that for most people, getting your audience to direct message you. Other things that you can make sure you're doing is always responding to comments. And I know it can be tough. Like, And I have, I have not even been as good at that lately as I used to be. But when you get to a certain point and your audience is very engaged, it's a lot to respond to like a couple of hundred comments on an Instagram post, but it's super effective. It's just a great way of continuing to build and nurture that relationship. Another thing that you want to think about doing is how you are engaging outside of your own account. And what I mean by that is how are you going out into things like hashtags or other people's accounts and engaging with new people to introduce them to your brand? You know, a lot of times on social, especially on Instagram, people are complaining about kind of a stagnant like stagnation in their follower growth or even a decline in the number of followers, but they're just kind of posting content with some hashtags and logging off. Well, if you want to see results on Instagram now, you need to post the really great content. You can use the hashtags. They don't do as much as they used to, but then you need to go out and find new people and attract them back to your account just by liking, commenting, and engaging with them. So those are three tips you can, you can think about doing to engage more with your own community and then also outside of your account to grow your following. I just love Tyler's advice. He's such an amazing expert on all things related to Instagram. All right, next up is Alyssa Camelhort page with her tips for growing an engaged online community. This is from episode 50. What kinds of tips you have for those of us that are looking to grow an engaged online community? So most of the people who listen to this podcast are trying to build community of some sort. So what are those tips that you would suggest that we do? Like what kinds of things do we need to become better at or get education in or whatever to become uh, better? Yeah. We, community we managers around all of my tips, but I would say be human. We used to sign our tweets and our shares because multiple people would use the accounts. We would be human. We were individuals. Even if we represented an organization, we were humans. Um, so be human. Talk about human things. Don't be afraid to say feeling words. You're human. Be responsive. Like if someone asks you, they're not always looking for you to respond, but when they ask for your response, do it. Be consistent. Apply your policies consistently. Apply when you reply and don't consistently. Be transparent, even if the answer is not something you think they're going to like. You know, I'm not saying you have to open up your books to say, um, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're managing the community, be, cons- be transparent about why it's managed the way it is. Like what you, what you, what kind of community do you want? And making sure people know that and really live that ethos of reciprocity that nobody owes you anything that if you want your community to do something, what are you doing for them? 
What have you done? You know, Janet Jackson it all the way. What have you done for me lately? Like it's not a fixed asset. Community is not a fixed asset. You don't grow it to a certain size and level of enthusiasm. And then it just sits there like a spigot. You can turn on and off. That's actually not how it works. It's a constantly living organism and it needs tending and it needs that ethos of reciprocity to just be as, as long as you want that community to live, your ethos of reciprocity has to live. And then the last thing I was very tactical, which is have a stated policy. What's the code? What's the community guideline? And then enforce it evenly and fairly. That gets very hard. We had many political discussions on Blogger. And when it got to be an election year, it was very, that's when conversations went right up to the line. We had a spirit of civil disagreement. We were omnipartisan. We wanted to have those conversations, but you know, it gets heated. And our community managers, Denise Tenton led our community management team, along with Jenna Hatfield and Karen Ballum. And they did a great job. And the people who are our social media managers, Randy Riley, Melissa Wells, Diane Lang. I mean, all these people did an amazing job of being humans, being individuals, being consistent, being fair. And they are the most frontline representatives of our company, more than Lisa, Jory, and I were at some point because they were having those conversations every single day as we grew. So I guess those are my long-winded tips. No, they're great. I mean, I think they're easily said and hard to do, right? So these are the kinds of things that you have to pull all together and really look at what is it that you want to do. I like that you say that you don't have to make everyone happy, that it's okay if people leave your community because they don't have the same values or or things like that. I think we try to sometimes be everything to everyone when we're building these communities and that can backfire. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and you can't make everyone happy, but you can make everyone feel understood and heard, even if in the end you agree to disagree. And some people are going to be nasty. That happens all the time, but that's their prerogative too. Like, and if someone is going to leave your community because they think you're doing it wrong, like you're probably in the long run, better off. Now, if you start to see an exodus of your community, that's a problem you need to look into. Like, what have you changed? What have you done to alienate the people who were your community? That's a very important thing to figure out. But you're always going to have some people who like, come check it out. And then they're like, ah, this isn't for me. And if it's not for them, you should be okay with them. You're probably, again, long-term better off. Those are some great tips from Elisa. Her perspective is awesome. She really knows her stuff. After all, she runs really large online communities. I was so thrilled to pick her brain in that episode. Next up is Jen Cole with her tips for brands looking to build an engaged online community. This is from episode 103. What are the top three to five tips you have for other brands looking to build an engaged online community? Oh gosh, I I love this question. I I wrote them down because I wanted to make sure that I hit all of these. I have one, two, three, four. I have five of them. So of of course the first one, number one on this list is to well, I mean you need to have a Twitter. <laughs> You've got to have a Twitter account. I think every brand should have a Twitter account. It's a great place for customer service. But to also add into that, you need to engage in Twitter chats that are industry related. It is a wonderful way to collaborate and to have smart conversations with like minded people and to stay on top of things and to have, you know, to find different perspectives that than what you already think. Because sometimes when you think about things a different way and get somebody else's perspective, then you have the whole entire picture. And you can be even more critical of how you want to think about something or even, you know, adjust your strategy. So if you come into things with a collaborative mind and come into these conversations, wanting to truly connect with people, 
then I think that that'll add some power to to your brand. I also think embracing live video is very important. Uh, live video has done wonderful things for the company that I co-found. Um, we have a Friday show every Friday where we highlight somebody in the Wichita area that's either owns a business or is doing something super inspirational or has a really cool event coming up. And we just we do an hour-long Friday show with them at a, at a brewery called The Hopping Gnome every Friday. It's a lot of fun. And our community is very devoted. They tune in every week. And we just have a wonderful conversation with our community in real time. It's kind of like a Twitter chat. It's just wonderful. Also, Instagram stories, because they're so engaging. You can do so many things with Instagram stories. You can do polls. You can add gifts. You can tell a story. You can show behind the scenes. There's just so many things that you can do. And I think that that's a really engaging thing to do for your online community. Have a Facebook group, of course, because that's where you're really diving in more intimately with those who are truly devoted to your brand. And then also just my fifth item is be genuine and and devote real time to your community. Because when you're nurturing your online relationships the same way that you're, you know, nurturing your in real person relationships, it goes really, really far because people are familiar with you and they and they begin to trust you more and they just really enjoy spending time with you because you enjoy spending time with them. Those are great tips from Jen. I love that she talked about Twitter chats and live video. Those are my two favorite ways to connect with communities. We have one more interview left. It's from Bella Vasta. She has three helpful tips on how to add value to your paid Facebook groups. It's from episode 101. How do you add value to your month-to-month Facebook groups? So I think that there's like three major things, right? And they, they're going to kind of sound really easy and like, duh, Bella. But I mean, show up. You got to show up. And I love what Brian Fanzo says a lot. It's about like you set the expectations. So if your people know that it's just a wacky Wednesday and Madeline's going to be in there all day on Wednesday, then that's cool, right? But if they're expecting you in there at all hours of the day and night, because sometimes they might not be in your time zone, then that could get a little wacky. But you want to show up and let them know how and when you're going to show up. Okay. And that also means by if you want to show up and say, hey, I'm going to do an AMA, like an ask me anything kind of thing, you want to use the event feature that is inside the Facebook group. Because when you do that, everyone's going to get a notification or you can market so that everyone gets a notification. And that's really powerful. And then every time you update that event, it's also powerful. So not only does it help you show up, but they show up too. And when they show up, they find value. Okay. So it sounds like a simple concept, but I don't think anyone ever actually like pays a ton of attention to that. The second thing is, is you got to plan your content because nobody I know is running around saying, oh, I got all this extra time. I don't know what to do. And they also don't have millions of messages and Facebook messages and notifications and emails and tweets and direct tweets and all this stuff every morning. The last thing on your mind is what am I going to post in my Facebook group? Shoot me now. That's why people don't do this. And it's, it's very a universal mindset because you have to really do this for whatever platform you are on. You have to con- create your content plan your content. You have to have some sort of a outline or a foundation. Now, again, it is totally up to you, the creator, as to if that's five posts every day, or if that's one post on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you get to make those rules, but you have to plan your content. And the last thing is be different. Now, what I mean by that is stop the monotony. 
because the first wacky Wednesday. Okay. That was cute. The second wacky Wednesday. Nope. The third wacky Wednesday. Guess what? I didn't even see it. So don't get into this whole like manic Monday tips Tuesday and, and be repetitive like that. I think that you can see that things work, but if you keep doing them all the time, it's kind of like, have you ever like had someone like massaging you or rubbing like a certain part of your arm and it feels good at first. And then after a while, it's like, stop touching me. Or it just starts getting annoying. I, mean, I don't know if that's a weird analogy or no, not. No, that's but a good one. Too much of a good thing starts yeah. to get annoying. So what I would kind of encourage you to do if you do start your own group is, you know, it's cool to have like maybe every quarter switch it up. And it doesn't mean that you can't come back to it because then it's fresh again. So an example of that might be every Friday, I'm going to do an AMA. Well, maybe every Friday in second quarter, I'm going to do a presentation and, and a 10 minute like tactical teaching, right? And then maybe the third quarter, I'm making this up as I go here. It could be how to design a graphic. I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's going to start getting old. So you have to be different. So in conclusion... To add value to a paid Facebook group, you want to show up, you want to plan content, and you want to be different. So there you have it. Super helpful advice from four incredible guests. Head over to our website, communitiesatconvert.com, to check out the show notes for this episode. I'll make sure we have links to the full interviews with Tyler, Elisa, Jen, and Bella in case you'd like to go take a listen to them. Your call to action for this episode is to practice what these guests are preaching take action. Whatever resonated with you the most, go act on it. Just do it. And be sure to connect with Cami and I in our Facebook group. Head over to communitiesatconvert.com slash group and leave a comment. That's it for this episode. Cami will be back next week. We can't wait to chat with you then. Take care. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from the Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.